0: Jesus Christ, our Messiah, the God of the universe, the one who was and is and is to come, needs to be the center of the church, whether it is composed of two people or 20,000 people. Jesus needs to be preached. Jesus needs to be praised and worshiped. Jesus needs to be served. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the reason for order in his church. Because my friends, without Jesus, there would be no church, no hope, no eternal life, and no existence for all mankind. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As part of today's sharing, we'll be talking about the reason for order in the church. In today's passage, we'll read about the issues that happened before in the early churches and the same issues that have continued today in our churches. We'll see just what were and are some of the wrong things that are happening and why we need to change in order to fulfill God's purpose, which is the whole reason for the church's existence. Man didn't create the church. God created the church for his honor and glory and for the benefit of all mankind. Today's message is based on the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verses 26 to 40. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, blessed Father, heavenly Lord, I give you thanks and I praise you. Blessing and honor and glory and praise and majesty be to you, O Lord God, for you are worthy to be praised and exalted, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your goodness. I give you thanks for your mercy. I give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for your gift of salvation and eternal life through him, that through him, through his life, through his resurrection, is that we can have salvation. Blessed be your name, O Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus now that you please help us to understand that above all things, that you help us to, to Lord God, to learn that we need to honor and glorify your name in all the things that we do. Blessed be your name forever and ever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our scripture reading today can be found in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verses 26 to 40. This is the word of the Lord. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation? Let all things be done for edification, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. What was happening in this church in particular? The issue was that there was general disorder in many different aspects we can see some of the issues they had in this very passage. The first problem we read is that it appears that many of the people saw the church as a place for them to be seen, a place to stand out, as an opportunity to draw attention to themselves. We gather this when Paul first starts by saying that how can it be that each of them has something to do when they come together, and how curious that they each do something that makes people pay attention to them. And so he teaches them that the church is not a place to make a spectacle of yourself because he tries to instill order. He goes on by reinforcing the point that things should be done for edification. In other words, for the good of the other person. He explains to them about how people need to conduct themselves if they speak in different tongues. Now, we don't know if these are tongues like angelical tongues or different languages, but the same standard is held for both. That when someone has something to say in a language or form, that is foreign to the general audience, that there should be an interpreter, or else they should keep it to themselves. He also goes into prophecy or preaching, because ultimately prophecy is related to speaking on God's behalf. It doesn't necessarily mean that someone that prophesies is talking about future occurrences. That's a general mistake people make. That they think that prophecy involves foretelling of future events. General biblical prophecy is ultimately speaking on God's behalf. And if there is mention to future occurrences that the Spirit will never go against what is already written. There are no new prophecies about future occurrences. It has all been said and written. We need to be careful to what we listen to and not to be guided by our emotions and or imagination. God will never say something in his word and then give a message that contradicts that every single message needs to coincide with the scriptures perfectly in order for it to be taken into consideration that's how false doctrines can be detected and that is why it's so important for each of you to study the word of god on your own so you are able to see and understand things on your own through the guidance and enlightenment of the holy spirit you don't need to go to a bible college or seminary for this From an intellectual standpoint, you just need to be able to understand what you're reading or what you're listening to. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, then he will guide you to all truth through the word of God. That is one of God's promises. Jesus said this in John chapter 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. In the end, neither God nor the Holy Spirit will ever guide you to confusion. If there is confusion, then something is wrong because divine direction never causes confusion. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are in complete and perfect agreement. For it is written, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth the Spirit, the Water, and the Blood, and these three agree as one. Now, if we continue looking at this passage in its order, we see that Paul talks about women and how they need to keep silent in the churches, and here is where our friends with feminist tendencies will start getting all offended and weird. But fear not. We will try to clarify better what is happening here and both the historical context and the passage context within itself will help glean the truth to avoid misunderstandings. But I should note here very respectfully, God has not called us to cater to people. God has provided this ministry to present God's point of view through Jesus Christ and His truth. Now, many Christians take this passage very literally. And many church groups forbid women in the ministry and just foster an environment that is not very biblical. Remember that in order for a doctrine or a teaching to be seen as truth, that it must coincide with all scripture, not just some. There's another passage that clarifies this issue between men and women, and it is found in Galatians chapter three, where it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are all Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so if our lives are in order before the Lord, that's what being baptized into Christ, have put on Christ means, then before the Lord and among us, all differences are done away with. God has made us one body through Jesus Christ. And there is no one more important or less important than the other. Here is another part of the scriptures that we need to look at. In Romans chapter 12, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are interdependent people when we are in Christ. No one can be an island or the lone warrior, and all of our differences are gone in Christ. The only thing that we do need to keep in mind, which is mentioned in the passage we just read, is that we all have different functions. And here is where we need to provide yet more clarification. For instance, the Bible talks about the family structure and how it should work. And please listen carefully. Don't go running with half-truths and misinterpretations. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church and he is a savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. There you go. All of the men are saying right now, John, you have hit it on the head. But before you go running off and before my sisters in Christ experience some sort of episode, we need to understand what is really being said here. Yes, the order is that Christ is the head of the man and the man the head of the woman, but this does not mean that the man is the king and that you have to do everything he says. The man is the head in the sense of responsibility, which is a very powerful word. So it's not just do what I say, if you will. This passage and the Bible teaches that man is responsible for the family. Men are to lead their family, especially in the spiritual sense. This doesn't make them mightier or stronger. It makes them responsible, which means that if a family fails, then that represents their failure. The man is the one that needs to provide the spiritual leadership in the home. He is supposed to build in his wife's life, just like Christ does for his church. Now, that doesn't mean that the man is there to cater and serve his wife, and far less to put him in a place of slavery because that is not biblical either. Neither the man is supposed to be the wife's slave nor the wife is supposed to be the husband slave. This is where the nonsense on both sides needs to stop. In Christ, there can be no feminism and also there can be no macho, I'm the man garbage. It's a team effort where one individual, the man, is responsible before God Almighty for how the family works And the woman is there to help fulfill the mission that both together should build something that ultimately glorifies God. Because my friends, we exist to serve God as the Lord he is. That is the truth. Think about this like an army. If there is a wise general, then the army will be successful and there will be order and many victories. But if there is a poor general, then there will be chaos and defeat but everyone needs to work together to make things happen. Power struggles destroy unity. Think about that. Everybody wants to be the general, but if you take on that position, then you make sure that your act is together before God because one day God will ask you what you did with what you were entrusted with. That's why in a family, there can never be a power struggle between the husband and the wife. And least of all, Children can never feel like they exercise power over the family because some families are run by the children because both parents are subservient to their children. There is no victory with internal conflict and there is no blessing when things are out of God's order. It's that simple. That is what Paul is addressing here in this passage. Not that women should just shut up and not say anything. Paul is, not tr- is trying to teach that there needs to be an order, a way on how things should be done. What was happening in this church was that women were asking out loud, their husbands are interrupting in the middle of the service while whatever was going on. Paul was just addressing the problem of being interruptive while others were trying to listen and understand what is happening. Everybody needed to listen and understand and learn. And if something was not quite clear, Paul was just saying not to interrupt and to avoid being disruptive. That's the point. That's why he ends the passage by saying, let all things be done decently and in order. And so what is happening in today's church? Well, we have many of the same problems that Paul was dealing with back then. There's nothing new. And that is why God's word will always be relevant because people will be people and every single one of us needs to deal with sin in our own lives. Many people still see the church as a place for them to shine, to stand out and to be seen as special. Many people get involved with many different things so they can be seen and admired by others. One of the ministries, for instance, that suffers mostly with this issue is the ministry of praise and worship. It appears that most people that get involved with that is because they love attention. They want to be praised. They want to be admired. Like for people to say, wow, you are great. There are people that preach for the same reason. People in general want to be admired, revered, and praised. Let's give that praise team a big clap, right? And that is very far away from what the Bible teaches and how the Spirit leads. The church is not a place for people to shine or stand out. The whole point of the church as we assemble together should be Jesus Christ. Our praise and worship should be for the Lord and never for any person's glory and least of all for entertainment. The church should be a place where everything points to Jesus. That is why Paul is so adamant about teaching these Corinthians about order and focus Humanism and ego should be absent within the congregation of the Lord. If a person wants to do things inside a church with the goal to be admired and praised, they should leave because that only perpetuates sin and destruction and confusion. If you want that, go to the world, but be popular in the world. Just join in the crowd, but don't do it in church. There are people that quite wickedly tries to use the church as a place for personal gain and for public admiration. And that, my friends, is today's unfortunate truth in many places. So what should the churches be for? What should they be like? Like mentioned before, it should be a place where Jesus is raised on high and for many reasons. People were created by God for the glory of God, and for the purpose of establishing a personal relationship with the Lord. That's our purpose. And that should be a church group's purpose. It should be a place that provides a gateway, a safe haven for those that are looking for Jesus, for people that need to be saved by the Lord. The church needs to be a place for salvation, a place to find help in Christ. See how that coincides with what Paul is teaching? Why should things be done decently and in order? because God is order. If we sing, it should be focused on the Lord. If we preach, it should be to talk about him. Everything should be focused on him. And what does God want? He wants to save mankind. That's why he should be the one speaking through us to others that need God in their lives. And everything should be done in a way that it makes sense to everyone, even to the simplest of people, like children. A child should be able to set foot in a church and understand clearly that this group of people inside of this place are focused on Jesus Christ. And things should be simple and easy enough to follow so that a child should be able to come to have a relationship with God Almighty and it should be a place where someone as simple as a child can be able to learn about the Bible, about God's instructions, and how those apply to their life. It should be a place to equip people to live a life for Christ and also where believers should help each other with their needs, whether they're spiritual needs, physical needs, and or emotional needs. In the end, the church should be a place that celebrates and makes public the very thing we're celebrating this weekend the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For it is also written, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed." All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus Christ our Messiah, the God of the universe, the one who was and is and is to come, needs to be the center of the church, whether it is composed of two people or 20,000 people. Jesus needs to be preached. Jesus needs to be praised and worshiped. Jesus needs to be served. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the reason for order in his church because, my friends, without Jesus, there would be no church, no hope, no eternal life, and no existence for all mankind. For it is written, he the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. How can anything else take his rightful place in the church? That is the whole reason for why order in the church is so very necessary, so that God can be glorified and so people can find salvation and growth in Christ. Everything in a church needs to glorify God and God alone in everything that is said and done. Jesus needs to be the center of everything, and for two main reasons. Because He is who He is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is none higher in the universe, but also He is truthfully the only answer that exists for us in all of the universe. There is no salvation in anyone else. There is no eternal life in anyone or anything else. There is no eternal reward and blessing unless it is through Christ. That's why everything in the church needs to be centered on the person of Jesus Christ and on Him alone. And that is the reason for godly order in the church. I urge you today to be a part of that order, of that element that brings glory to God and helps others find salvation and grace through Jesus Christ. We live in a dark and sinful place and we are called to be the light of the world. Pray that you become that light the world needs we need Jesus and the world needs Jesus Jesus needs to be the center of everything let us pray Lord Heavenly Father Lord forgive us for our sins and for our wrongs forgive us Heavenly Father that we don't keep you at the center of everything Heavenly Father, we many times fail at that in our own lives and unfortunately as a group. Lord God, there are so many other things that take your place, your rightful place in church, in our congregations. Please forgive us, O oh Lord. Please forgive us that we have not given you the preeminence, the first place, that place that belongs to you as the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords and as the master of the universe. Lord God, our churches exist because of you, because of what you have done. Heavenly Father, help us to never forget that you need to be the center of everything, not us, but you. Help us to keep in mind also, Lord God, that People need to hear of you and see you in our own lives. And Heavenly Father, if by any chance there's someone that is listening right now that does not yet know you or maybe has been living a a life of religion and rules and tradition, I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that they might be able to see you through your word, through those things you have created, to understand, Lord God, that you love them and you desire to draw them near to you, that you want to live inside of their hearts. Help them to understand and help them to understand, Lord God, that there needs to be repentance and conversion, that we need to be sorry and feel terrible for our sins because we have only sinned against you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to understand what things really need to be like and that everything needs to be for your honor and glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Letter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.